0: What's going on, guys? This is O'Day Osborne from the Wagwan Podcast.
1: And I'm Bob from Fight Junkies. And welcome to the very first episode of the Monday Morning Breakdown. Brought
0: to you by MMA Fight Universe, where you can get all the latest and the greatest fight news, the hottest tips, everything you want to see. It's all there at MMA Fight Universe. Check it out, guys. It is hot and popping like some Hot Pockets. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's break down this week. Oh, speaking of this week, we're not only going to. There it is. There it is. We're not only going to do this once a week. We're going to do this every Monday, guys. So every Monday morning, tune in to the Fights Junkies podcast, where we're going to give you all the breakdowns from all the, the previous fights. And not only that, tell them what we're doing on
1: Thursdays. Thursdays. Well, first of all, welcome everybody. O'Day, good morning. I'm glad you're here. I'm super excited. Very excited to to get into the fights that just happened last weekend. Uh, So yeah, Mondays we're going to be doing this show, and then what we'll be doing on Thursday is we're also going to break down and do a pre-fight analysis for the upcoming card with the UFC that's on Saturday. So Mondays and Thursdays, tune in to Fight Junkies and MMA Fight Universe for all the greatest content in the UFC. This is true. You're going to get like I said, the latest and greatest news from
0: not just pre-fights, but post-fights. 2 days a week. Ooh, they can't you get much better can't than that. That's than as than
1: that. so You guys don't understand.
0: <laughs> hit that bell, George. Hit, hit that, that bell, guy. George. I'm <laughs> the bell. Hit that oh bell. Oh, hit that bell. Let's go. Let's get that bell going. Let's recap. All right, let's recap. So our first fight of the night is um marvin vittori versus roman delice um you know what i'm a little biased because i train with marvin he's been putting in the runs with me on Mark charleston you know um he works his ass off he's a very hard worker so i'm a little biased but i will say this i did not see that fight being a 30 27 that one um definitely surprised me a little bit what, what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah i'd say the same um you know i I'm a big fan of both of these gentlemen. I was a little upset with Vittori because he came out publicly and said he does not like Olive Garden. So, I don't know. I'm from New Jersey. We're real big <laughs> on our Olive Garden. You're a big, which I'm surprised,
0: though, because are, are, you not, are you Italian? No, that's why I like Olive oh, Garden. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought you were <laughs> Italian. I was going to say... Olive Garden is like, oh, it's it's the shame yeah. for the
1: Italian. It's the man. McDonald's of the Italian world. Yes, so they do not mess with Olive Gardens. I gotta say that uh this this was a great fight, but to answer your question when when they were when they were going into the judges' scorecards mm-hmm. and it was a unanimous yeah, I honestly <laughs> had it the other way. Oh, you had it uh delete I did. Okay. I did. Um, okay. Now, looking at it as I broke it down this weekend, at the mm-hmm. significant strikes landed by Vittori, there was certainly a, a drastic difference in the amount. So, I don't know. I, I still, I want to say the pressure from uh, from to say uh, was just too much, and, and the damage that he he was putting on Vittori. But
0: yeah, and there was uh, was it a headbutt in round one? Correct. It was a headbutt in
1: round one. So it's hard to say for me.
0: You know what caused. The 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 damage was it a punch or was it a headbutt? So whenever there's a headbutt, it's always weary, and um you know I don't know if the judges take that into consideration if it, the if there is you know a huge damage or if it, if there's a scar or anything that happens during the fight, if if they take that into consideration or not, you know it's hard to say because some a lot of these scorecards man they they've just been all over the place as of late, you know what I'm saying and. Like I said, I'm I'm biased in this fight, but I did see it being uh, Marvin because he pushed during uh, during the end and and that third round, he had in my opinion, he did land the most significant strikes with that. Uh, I believe it was a
1: right hook that he was getting off. I I, I want to bring up a point that I that I don't think we've spoke about mm-hmm. or Vittori. I got to give him props for yeah. for for you know he he fights out of Vegas. He's in London on a huge pay-per-view card, and he, don't forget, is the number four middleweight who decided mm-hmm. to come out and fight, I believe, the number 11. So, you know, that's a big gamble when the last few fights of his have been title fights yeah. and number one contender spots, yeah. and then to to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and sign the dotted line and get out there and fight at number 11. Yeah, who's who's also a monster. monster. Roman Delice is an absolute
0: animal, man. He fights with so much tenacity. You know, he's always trying to finish you every time. And not just that, but he'll surprise you with his uh, ground game too. He's submitted quite a few people with, I, I believe, the same knee bar. You know, his knee bars are incredible. You know, absolutely incredible. His last fight, he he had a knee bar. I think I don't know if it was the first or second round but um i'm excited to see more of roman and see what his future holds because man those georgian fighters can really fight they scrap they scrap man and i'm so i'm i'm excited to see roman um and how he how the ufc produces
1: him and how he produces himself where where do you think Vittori goes from here um that's a stacked division uh oh, oh man it it really is man i, I would like to see and I'll say it here: uh, Du Duplessis.
0: Du- oh, Duplessis and, uh, and Vittori. Vittori. That would be a great fight, actually. That actually would be a fight that I would I would pay to see. Um, I would I would rather see. I'd actually I would see either Duplessis or Jared Cannoneer versus Vittori. Either oh. either one of those, you know. I think um, Duplessis would be a good fight. I think that's a good matchup right there.
1: You I, know what? I I agree. I I do I do think it makes more sense. Uh, Cannonier is, you know, right in that 3-4 uh, mm-hmm. spot at 185. So him and Vittori obviously would be, you know, if you're looking at the numbers, yeah, a I'll, better matchup. I agree. But, yeah, is duplessis is a, a complete beast coming off a win over Darren Till. And, man, he looks good. He really looks good. But that division's kind of been at a, a steadfast. Everybody, besides Piera that's coming in. Oh, and, man, yeah. yeah. But in my opinion, though, I think Piera
0: has the most holes in his game. You know what I'm saying? Where if there was a champion that could be beaten by having a lot of holes, for me, I think it is Pierre because of his ground game. If you look at the fight with uh, him versus Izzy and how easily he was controlled on the bottom, you know what I mean? Uh, I think there's there's a lot of holes there where people will and can exploit if he doesn't. Obviously, he's going to put the work in, but how much work can he put in in a year, and I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not a hater or anything, I, I just, I uh, agree, I completely agree, you know what I'm saying, I, I just know that, that gap, watching that last fight, that, that, that showed me that, you know, there's a lot of gaps, a lot of holes there, and I'm hoping he plugs those holes, because, um, this next fight is gonna be interesting, I'm, you know what I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great fight, I'm definitely flying out to Miami for that one, but, with that being said, let's move on to our next fight, our next bout,
1: who do we have for our next bout? We have Jennifer Maya versus Casey O'Neill. Ooh, Casey O'Neal coming off of a
0: nine-month layoff. You know, um, this fight was interesting because, you know, if you look at the numbers, all the numbers and the stats show that Casey um, was going to be dominant, and she came up short, you know. But I will say I did watch Casey in the PI come from not being able to walk after her surgery. Um, you know, she blew her knee out had surgery. I, I believe it was a 9-month layoff. And any time a fighter has a 9-month layoff, and I know you hear you hear Dominick Cruz all the time talk about ring, ring rust, they're not real and it's just a mindset thing and all this stuff, but I'm here to tell you that we're not all Dominic Cruz. When I when I have a long layoff like that, I need I need like a warm-up fight, you know. She jumped, I give her props because she jumped into the dog pen. She she really did because I remember watching her like I said struggling at the ufc performance institute and thank god for their facility um and her improvements because she went from not being able to bend or move her knee to being able to fight again to fight which when you watch her from day one it's like how is this girl gonna be able to do anything again you know and the fact that she went in there and and performed the way she
1: did i give her mad props and and who actually knows if she was in the best position to even go forward and take a fight we don't know you know you you all as fighters you have bills to pay you have families nine months out is a long time now granted she was nine and oh uh king casey Mm -hmm. doing tremendous uh and i did have her uh winning this fight in my mind going into it but we can't forget about jennifer maya yeah she's an og she's got almost triple the amount of fights as casey She's just a beast. 100%. And, you know, taking no credit from Jennifer Maya, she did a
0: really nice job. Um, Her game plan was solid, like she stayed in there and she was just ripping combinations, you know, ripping combinations. She definitely, in my opinion, I think she had the edge on the power side. You know, her strikes definitely did, did more. Meanwhile, Casey had the fluidity and the combos. She was adding kicks. But uh, Jennifer Maya, man, her combos. She, she, I don't think she threw any less than a three punch combination. Every combination she threw was like a four and a five punch combo. It was like bing 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 bing, bing 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 bing, and I think that was what won her the fight. Was the fact that um, you know, if you're a judge and you looked at that, you see that she started the combo and she ended the combo. But then Casey made the adjustment uh, in round two, where she would initiate a strike, then she would hop out. And it would kind of her hopping out would kind of negate Jennifer Maya's strikes, which I thought was a great adjustment from Casey.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the amount of boxing that was going on in in that bout. I don't know if that's something that she realized was going to be an asset while they were already in the fight itself. Mm -hmm. But she stayed in the pocket. She, you know, she she just kept that boxing stance through those combos, and she looked tremendous. Uh, and yeah, her power was was definitely evident. She she's yeah, a beast. She really um, is, man. I was I
0: was very surprised, honestly. I personally I thought Casey was going to go in there and dog walk her, but that was a, a very s- spectacular performance. And she had a lot to prove too, because she came off of, you know, in her last three fights, she was one and two. You know, um, so she she fought like she was fighting for her job. And she was very uh, composed in there, so props, hats off to Jennifer Maya for that. You know, uh, like I said, I'm a little biased again, cause you know my heart is is with Casey. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, look at the, if you're looking at the strike counts, though, that's an incredible. The strike counts were incredible. She landed 145 total uh, significant strikes out of 349. 49.
1: Wow, that is a strike count. And what was Casey's? Casey had 137 significant strikes out of 264. Wow. And, and I watched the pressure and, and the, the pace of that fight for yeah. all three rounds. Mm-hmm. I got tired walking <laughs> into this building this morning yeah. trying to put on headphones. I couldn't imagine throwing almost 400 punches at an opponent and ending strong. So hats off to both of those ladies. What a tremendous fight.
0: Agreed. That could have gotten fight of the night because of how, you know,
1: so high paced. It was so
0: intense. It was so close, you know. So hats off to both women. That was amazing. Like you said, absolutely amazing. All right, guys. So moving on. Uh, before we move on, let me get a shout out to my man behind the desk, George. What's up,
1: man? Ooh, I was watching <laughs> the fights this weekend, too. Ooh. I love Casey O'Neill. Yeah, I do have a question for both of you gentlemen. What's that? Since you want to give me a shout out? What's here. up, George? Casey O'Neill had the chance to protect the perfect record. Mm. And how do you feel about people that are put in that position, right? Mm-hmm. To, to fight a stud when your record's perfect. Do perfect records matter to both of you? Like in the UFC, because in boxing, I mean, it's, it's the standard. I got to let the, the, the UFC fighter take this one.
0: <laughs> so uh, I have two answers for this. There's the answer of you want to build yourself right so you want to build the the right way so you get just you know an opponent just better than the last opponent each time, each time you get it. you know what I'm saying. That's how your casual fighters and your casual managers and the casual promoters think, right? But as a fighter, you want if you want to test yourselves, there's no better way than testing how great you are than fighting a stud when you're undefeated, because not only does it show that you're not afraid to fight but it also shows that you know you want to level up and prove yourself to not just you but everybody else so that's where i stand on that i like that that's a good answer and i think i think a lot of fighters their answers will change because a lot of fighters out there they want to fight the perfect fight they always want the perfect fighter you know oh no 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 i don't want that guy i don't want that girl she's not really what i'm looking for you hear that a lot you know i hear that all the time when i tell my manager hey let's Let's send word to that guy in that camp and see if he wants to fight. No, oh, no, you're not the the fight that they're looking for. Well, what what are we in, well, what are we in this game for? Well, it
1: seems like <laughs> as of late, uh, a lot of people are in this this game for clout. Back in the day, um, yeah, I'm almost forty, and and I remember growing up in New Jersey where Frankie mm. Edgar was just our hometown hero. Yeah, uh, guys like him, Fran- uh, you know, Cowboy Cerrone. It didn't matter. He could fight you in the back of a barn on a Thursday night, <laughs> or fight an unknown opponent on Saturday. Mm. Um, but then again, I'm not getting in there, so I would say that it would stress me out a little bit. Nine and zero, oh, and then going in and and fighting a beast with so much experience, yeah, it's gotta stress you. Out. It, it oh, of course, of course. But if you look at Jennifer Maya's record,
0: she's twenty and nine. You know, twenty nine and one. So she's had thirty fights under her belt. So it, you know that's a whoo that's a lot that's a that's a, a a tall order you know so for casey to take that fight and go in there and perform like she did hats off to her man hats yep. off to her that it, was a impressive perf- impressive performance and she should have you know nothing bad to say about how she how she performed that night because she left it all out there
1: yeah and we don't know what maya had going on behind the scenes this is true man you know this you is... you personally know casey casey yep. so uh we have a little more details but yeah we never know uh, um I mean, your last fight—you got, you know, kicked in the nuts and poked <laughs> in the eye, and, yeah. and you scrapped through it. And yeah, man, it's, you know, adversity comes in all shapes and sizes. And, and I'm just excited that uh, that nobody really got hurt and uh, that they put on a great fight. For sure, for sure, man, that was that was really one hell of
0: a fight. And Je- Jennifer Maya, um, she did what she needed to do to get the win in the end, and uh, that's all that really matters. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see where she goes. From here, you know, because that weight class
1: is becoming ferocious by the minute, by the minute. Okay, so we're going to go into the next fight. Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarina. Oh, man, that was an interesting,
0: interesting fight because, um, you know, Gunnar Nelson, he's, what, 34 years old? Correct. And uh, what is his, how many fights has he had so far? Let me see this, our stats.
1: He's, had, he's 18, 5, and 1. Um, almost similar to Barbarina at yeah. 18, 10, and 0. So yeah. And they're almost the same age, one year apart. So pretty good matchup, I'd say, on the paper. Great matchup. That fight, honestly, I didn't think that Gunnar Nelson
0: was going to storm through him like that. I did have him winning, you know, on my picks. Like, I was like, oh, you know, I make a little fan, fan favorite picks. I did have Gunnar Nelson winning that fight. I didn't think he was going
1: to storm him like that, though. That was impressive. That well, was- his, his last few fights have been that exact style, that heavy grappling style, that, that hands low, walk you down, get your back to the cage, and then yeah. take you down and just try to you know submit you. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, Barbarina is more of the, the crowd pleaser. He goes out there and he scraps. He, he, he wants does. to throw down. He wants to get... <laughs> bloody and, and just fight um so when you look at the breakdown of those two fighters uh and you can probably break this down better you have some technicians that are subject matter experts in what yes. they do versus someone who's more well-rounded how how do you think it, you would approach someone like like nelson because he seems to be you know doing this to everybody uh and having a lot of success
0: um so with Gunnar nelson um you can't you can't go tit for tat with him because he bounces you know he's on his stands he's on his toes bouncing so much if it's almost like the wonder boy effect if you go tit for tat with wonder boy you're gonna lose that battle because when you have a a fighter when you have fighters you see fighters that that are very light on their feet the valentina shevchenko you watch how she fights she's also a bouncer leota machida they're a bouncer you know any anytime you have those kind of uh, on their toes, bouncing fighters, you can't go tit for tat because they're always going to be out of range when you want to hit them. And you're not going to be able to strike at them when you want to because they're, they're going to be, they're so light. They're going to see everything coming. So you kind of just have to, you got to volume them. You got to volume them. That's how you beat those fighters. You have to volume them with caution that a takedown could come. So you need somebody in the gym that is emulating that style that's going to try to take you down. And with that being said, when you're fighting somebody like that, you have to you have to throw volume punches, meaning you have to throw over three punches, three or more punches. You can't go one for one because if you go one, he's going to be out of there and he's going to come back. You know what I'm saying? Um, you always have to throw more than one. And I think moving forward, people are going to eventually catch on to that. I think uh, with that style, you, you got to just walk them down and, and strike. You know what I'm saying? You can't make it like a I go,
1: you go type of a fight. Yeah, you got to be evasive, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Wonderboy is known for that. <clears throat> that Taekwondo karate style. Yes. Hopping in real fast, getting out of getting the pocket. Out. Even if he's not causing extreme damage, he, he they're going to add up over the time of the rounds. Um, but... I was excited about that fight. Um, we all know Gunnar Nelson being a uh, you know friends with Conor McGregor, used to be in uh, the camp over in Ireland mm-hmm. at SBG, uh, fighting out of Iceland. So, you know, I, I've definitely liked his style. But I gotta say, and maybe maybe just as a mm-hmm. as a super fan, I'm wrong. Uh-huh. I like the shit talk. I like when people come out. Yeah, this is the fight game. We're not making pancakes. <laughs> you know, they're going out there. If you are trying to Get to that next level. Chael yeah. Sonnen brought it up uh, that Valentina Shevchenko mm-hmm. was the co-main event on a card against someone fighting for a belt who was 2-1. and one, And she defended her belt five times. Yeah. You would think looking on paper that she should have been. But she's more reserved. She's more quiet. Yeah. I would love to see someone like Gunner, who is a specialist and some other fighters come out and you know respectfully talk that shit mm-hmm. and get yourself in the... How do you feel about that personally as a fighter?
0: So personally as a fighter, I have to go the opposite way. I I feel like you should be yourself. If that is you and if that is the image where, that you want, then go for it. You know what I'm saying? But it's, if it's not the image that you want and if it's not you, then... It's you know what I'm saying, it can't co- be fake. Yes, then it's fake, and not just that, but it shows in your fighting. You know what I'm saying? It it comes up in your fighting. Um you see fighters out there that talk a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? They're like a lion, but then they perform like a cat. You know what I'm saying? Certain fighters do it all the time because it's hard to transpire that shit talking outside into the cage. You have to actually be that thing, you know what I'm saying? Um you gotta you gotta be that dog, you gotta be, you know, Nate Diaz, great example. He's that. He's who he is. You know what I'm saying? You're, every fight that Nate Diaz fights you, he's going to fight you. He's going to come in there. He's going to talk shit to you. He might talk shit to you in the cage. He might talk shit to you out of the cage. But he's always going to be Nate Diaz. He's always going to
1: be himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, he might talk shit to you at CBS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For but, real, man. So overall, I think that was a great fight. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to go in the division with that uh, 170. Obviously, right now there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbarina is what now? Two 0 and two. He's coming. He's he's coming off
0: of two losses, so I'm not really sure what's next for him. Um, uh, he did, like you said, he made a quote that it's and I quote, just not. What did he say at the end of the fight?
1: Uh, it was Gunner. Gunnar Nelson said, Gunner. "I'm just basically." He said. I don't know when I'm going to fight again. And he alluded to the fact that he's just not that motivated to get back in the octagon and he's going to go home and focus on his team. Maybe he has a gym and he has yeah. a bunch of kids and family, mm-hmm. but he didn't seem like he, he was running for gold. Um, Which in my is crazy opinion,
0: crazy. Cause he just won.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to come off a win on a humongous pay-per-view and, yeah. and U- for USC London and to be like,
0: well, that, eh. that shows you where his, his heart is, you know, it might not be in fighting. It might be in other things. Um, so I'm curious and interested to see what's next for him. Um because he's not that old. He's only 34 years
1: old. You know, uh but 34 in fight years is like 44 as well. Yeah, I'm 36 <laughs> and after being in the military, all those ruck marches add up. I feel like I'm 72 sometimes.
0: <laughs> I feel that, man. <laughs> Shit, I'm only 31. I sometimes I be feeling like I'm 36, you know, but fight years is so different than regular human years cuz it's just a lot of you know not just the the punches and the abuse that we take in the gym but it's a lot of other stuff that fans don't see like the weight cuts man those weight cuts are brutal they can be if you if you don't manage them right they can be
1: <laughs> they can be brutal well you guys uh, it seems like the dream right mm-hmm. be a pro UFC fighter on the biggest platform the world's ever seen but fans to include myself forget yeah. that you're always on. Every yeah. time you are outside in public, you have to carry yourself. You are a brand at the yeah. end of the day. So the, you, you, it's kind of hard to just be O'Day sometimes and say, look, I, I just want to yep. talk some, some fun with the friends and, I, and just forget about the rest of the world because you are on a humongous platform, which is a blessing, but it, it's got to be hard. And maybe after all these years, it's been weighing on Gunnar Nelson.
0: Oh, for sure. It, it definitely is hard. And the reason I bring up certain things like weight cuts, because, you know, it's not a you fight for, you know, three months or you train for three months and that's it. It's not a three month fight camp or a two month fight camp. Or, you know what I'm saying? The fight camp is 52 weeks. There's no off season in fighting. I always say that you fight, you take two or three weeks. To kinda get your mind right, you know what I'm saying? Get get your body recovered from the weight cut, from the the emotions, from the adrenaline. And then you're right back in the fire with the animals again. You know what I'm saying? And there's no, oh, you fight and See you know your months. season's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it goes. That's not how it goes at all. There's there's it's a fifty-two week fight camp. There's no offseason, you know, and sometimes the fans get a little greedy. Yeah. You know, because right when you get done fighting, they're asking you, so When are you fighting again? I can't tell you how many times people ask me how. When am I fighting again? I'm like, then this. I've asked you. Yeah, but you asked me (laughs) at least. At least you asked me after two weeks. I'm talking about (laughs) this is like the week after my fight. This is the day after I fought. People have messaged me and asked me, "What are you fighting again?" Or I've seen comments, when are you fighting again? I'm like, can I get a break? Yeah. I just fought yesterday. Man. Oh my goodness. Y'all well, you're ungrateful.
1: <laughs> enjoy the couch, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm over here getting kicked in the neck. I think that's a great segue uh into the main event, which is also the one seventy pound division. And before we touch on the, the main mm-hmm. card uh and the main fighters, I want to talk about how Kobe Covington, to your point, how it's a three hundred and sixty five days a year that it's a job. Yeah. He cut weight in two days and flew out, you know, on a nine-hour flight to London to to be the co uh, or or backup fighter. Um, which, how, how do you feel about? You said stay ready all the time. What, what do you? Yeah. How do you feel about taking short notice, notice fights? Is that something imminent well, or? Honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I don't think
0: Kobe Covington deserves that fight. I think he's. Tell about, me how it is. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's irrelevant right now because he hasn't fought in a year. You know, you have other fighters at the gates— waiting to fight and he hasn't fought in an entire year he just decides i'm gonna go and cut weight and you know make this happen and show up and if they're ready and and then i'm gonna
1: get in and jump in and take a fight with leon edwards what how and leon felt the same way he said at the post fight presser that like i don't know i know dana said that it's possibly yeah uh the next fight but and i'm gonna catch a lot and look man y'all can call me a hater as
0: however much you want but I feel like Kobe's one of those fighters that's always trying to make himself relevant. That's just the way I feel. I'm sorry. Y'all can take it how you want to, but that's just how I feel. But I will have to say, though, I will say this is a business. The UFC is a business, and Kobe definitely makes the dollar amount go. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, with that being said, he is a fan favorite. The fan does love him. So, That might be the next fight the UFC might make only because he's a huge draw and this is a business after all. So, be the next fight, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, what we want the numbers to go bing, you know what I'm saying? We want the numbers to hit like that bell. But, (laughs) (laughs) but do I think it's fair for other fighters? Like, I think honestly, I think Bilal Muhammad. Is more deserving of that fight, absolutely, more than anything. You know what I'm saying? He's proved himself time and time again, over and over again. And they're they 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 have you know work to do. They fought once, and you know the fight got stopped because of an eye poke. So I do think that they have unfinished business. So I think that that should be the fight to happen, to make. And Kobe should fight. Us- uh, sorry, not Usman. Kobe should fight Usman or Burns. Um... And then if he beats Usman or Burns, then he gets that title shot. Then I think he's deserving of the title shot. But is he deserving of that title shot, in my opinion? No, he is not because he hasn't fought in a year. And, you know, he's in his last three fights, he is one and two. So how can you say that, you know, he's the guy that gets the title shot next? There's so many guys that that wants that shot. Speaking of guys that want that shot, there's uh, Islam who called out Leon after the fight that said he wants to r- run it for a third belt. How do you
1: feel about that? I, So, I got to say, in Islam, that he kind of runs under the radar. But I, I, in my own opinion, I feel like Islam Makachev mm-hmm. is slowly turning into the heel. I mm-hmm. mean, you have one of the biggest if not the biggest fighter in the entire sport in Conor Mm -hmm. McGregor going up after coaching the ultimate fighter against Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. And Islam is basically just, I don't even care. I don't want to make that money. I'm not here for the money or the belts, even though he has the belt. And he's like, I'm just going to go ahead and step on all of you. And I want to get the (laughs) 170 pound belt, which I think is, I think he also looks at, if you look at it, like he, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a grappler. It's, you know his style. He believes if, if in his brain he says I am going to be able to do a better job at holding him down than Usman, then he probably does think that he has a better chance. And he is one, I agree, humongous lightweight. So, I agree, I agree. He he fits that description well. And uh,
0: who knows? Maybe the UFC will make it happen. Um, but you know, let's not let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's go back. Let's let's backpedal a little bit and get back to um the co the co main event which was phew, phenomenal crazy. that fight was wild my heart rate was Yo. Up. I, <laughs> that fight had me on the edge of my seats you know because that fight could have i know um justin won unanimously but that fight could have gone either way justin was one hook away from <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from waking up in the shadow realm you know what i'm saying so, that fight was incredible. What a what a phenomenal fight that was, man. Oh, my goodness. I was uh, excited. <laughs> for real. Rafael Fazeev and Justin Gaethje, ladies and gentlemen, put on a banger. If you guys didn't see that fight, you need to che- go back and check it out. That was definitely well-deserving of the fight of the night bonus.
1: 100%. Definitely. Definitely. I was super uh, stoked for that fight, almost more than any of the other fights. Uh, not to throw any shade on, on the champ. mm mm-hmm. uh, because I was watching all the embedded and, and all the back stories, and I didn't know Fazeev has over two hundred fights prior to the UFC. Wow! Whether, whether that be in uh, kickboxing or mixed martial arts, so I also didn't know that. Yeah, he he has an incredible record. And then I saw him sitting with his wife and his children, and, and uh, you know, just a respectable guy. But I gotta say, I'm a and who is not a huge fan of Justin Gaethje. Uh, Justin is just a spectacular fighter. That, you know, his nickname's the highlight for a reason. Yeah, he's incredible, So man. what did you think about this matchup um, and how it played out? Honestly, I thought this matchup was incredible.
0: Fazid has always been, you know, he's always been a, a, a fan favorite and one of my personal favorite fighters only because I love his fight style. Same with Justin Gaethje. you got to love both of these guys. They are always coming to fight. They're not trying to win the round by points. They're trying to either submit you or knock you out. Well, mainly knock you out. But, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. you know, if the fight gets in a position where they, where they could submit you, they're, they're taking that submission. My point is they're not coming
1: to a uh, to to, uh, point fight. They're, they're coming to throw hands all day, every day, like hot pockets. I mean, Justin has, I think, the record for the most fight of the night bonuses in the shortest amount of time what is it 10 or, or seven uh, bonuses within 10 fights or something crazy like that? He certainly does not go out there to not knock you out. <laughs> <I> no <know>, man. <laughs> and he's kind of
0: one of those fighters too, where he doesn't really care um, about getting in the fire with somebody like a, a, a fazive or a Chandler or you know what I'm saying. He doesn't care about getting in the fire with those kind of fighters. You know, I love that about him. Uh, That's my favorite quality about Justin Gaethje, ladies and gentlemen, is he is here to fight. And he is going to fight you to the
1: death. (laughs) Well, let's look at his record. Let's go back a little bit with Justin Gaethje talking about that fire. I mean, we're talking Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Khabib, Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone, Edson Barboza, James Vick, Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez. And then Michael Johnson. I mean, that is an impressive, that's a gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a pretty bad Yo, day at work. <laughs> that's an impressive, impressive resume, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness! I think the last fight he lost was to like look at the people he lost to, like Charles Oliveira, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and Dustin Poirier. Unbelievable, unbelievable! Rap, like your, that rap sheet is incredible. That is an impressive rap sheet, and this division is stacked. This division is stacked. Top 15, just incredible fighters. So, um, you know, I got nothing bad to say about Justin Gaethje's fight fight style and his performances and everything that he does. He is is just an amazing fighter. He's an amazing fighter. And
1: anytime somebody lines up to fight Justin Gaethje, it's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, they know. They know it's coming. I got in a fight with my daughter's car seat yesterday, and I was out of breath. I can't imagine how someone's feeling every night on the week uh, before the fight. Yeah, because I mean these guys are going to scrap. You know, I did start to see something different in Justin Gaethje, um, even in his build up to the fight, talking mm-hmm. to DC, mm-hmm. and post fight, he almost seems like he's got one foot out the door. Yes, I agree. Which I I, I understand looking yeah. at looking at his record, but yeah, I mean what an incredible fight. Um, that's what I expected. I did not expect them to go in and just just wrestle each other or try to you know outpoint or. some jujitsu. i knew they were going to go in with similar styles uh they both have the similar grit for sure um what were you surprised that gaethje was the dog in this fight
0: uh no i wasn't surprised at all honestly um i did have fazee winning on my you know fan my fan picks but i'm not surprised because that is who justin gaethje is he is that kind of a fighter Anytime you are lining up to fight a Justin Gaethje, you're you're you know you're gonna get into a fight. You're gonna get into a fight. There's no avoiding it. That's that's like the inevitable. So I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all that he, you know, he's the dog. I just want what I would love to see though. If there was one fighter that I just want to taste the belt, like just a lick. I just want him to like just to have the belt for a second, just to <laughs> say that he's 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 Undisputed, oh he's worked. Yeah, dude, he's worked so hard. Justin Gaethje has beat so many good people and has worked so hard. I just want him to just just hold the belt for a second. Just like a, just one tongue, just one little, just just one smell, little smell. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, just 15 minutes. Just give him his 15 minutes. Give him the title shot. Give him a title shot. Let him, let him you know, fight for the title one more time. Let him taste the belt, and then he can retire. Well, this morning,
1: <laughs> uh, I think on Twitter and Instagram, Dustin Poirier tweeted, let's go to, uh, to another fight. Oh, it made him possibly in Abu Dhabi uh, as a co-main event against Gaethje. Wow, which, uh, okay, that could be a number one contender slot for the 155 division because That's... Chandler's fighting Connor at 170. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't maybe you could as a fighter break that. Like, how does that work? They're both 155ers oh, in the ring, but if they fight at 170, does it does that propel them forward?
0: It's crazy because what they're one and one against each other. Correct? they fought? They fought twice. Uh, no. No, they they Over. fought if Justin Gaethje and Poirier. Yeah. No, I believe it's only once. One time. Okay, and and uh, Poirier beat him. Correct. Actually, so since Poirier beat him, he's fought Barboza, beat Barboza, Cerrone, beat Cerrone, Tony Ferguson, beat Tony Ferguson, and beat Michael Chandler. So he has been on like an upswing. So I'm interested to see, you know, um, with improved striking and with improved IQ and everything else that he's been working with Trevor for a lot longer time. So that does that is gonna play uh, a big part in this fight because he's been working with Trevor for you know a way longer time than he was before when they first fought, you know. So I'm I'm I would love to see that fight honestly.
1: Yeah, you talk about working with with Trevor Whitman out mm-hmm. in Colorado. If we go back to the Justin Gaethje that fought Dustin Poirier in April of 2018, Mm -hmm. he was just the highlight. He'd go out and he would definitely get in the fire and scrap, but he had not at that point honed his striking like you're speaking of now. And we can attest to that, by if you go back and you think of the Justin Gaethje that fought Tony Ferguson, that was a spectacle. That was. I would definitely be excited to watch Justin Gaethje versus Poirier for maybe a possible uh contender yeah that would
0: be amazing man and I think honestly I see I'm gonna I'm gonna call a prediction if Gaethje wins then he gets a title shot if he loses he'll probably retire I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna predict that okay I'm gonna predict that all right here first Ode Osborne UFC flyweight
1: makes his prediction that Justin Gaethje will retire if he loses to Justin Poirier so I want to ask you a question uh, since you're in the business, mm-hmm. Justin Gaethje obviously is a huge name. Um, everybody knows and loves Justin Gaethje. <clears throat> Fiz- Fiziev got kind of most of his face out there this mm-hmm. weekend on a huge, actually, you know, the biggest fight, fight card hunt. ever done in London. I think yes. it was nine. The gate was over nine million. Yes. So with a loss, being what was he eight and zero in the UFC, and now he has a loss, not having the huge name, do you think that he's going to have to go back through that gauntlet, or he's because I think if he won, he was pretty close to to maybe he was. one more fight for the belt.
0: Yes, I don't think so. I don't think he'll have to run that gauntlet again. Because had the fight, like I said, man, I think Gaethje was one left hook away or right one hook away from you know waking up in the shadow realm. I I think because of the way that Fazee was throwing those ferocious hooks, and you know, um, I don't think he'll have to because the fight wasn't it wasn't like. You know, each round was an obliteration. You know what I'm saying? I think Gaethje definitely landed the harder strikes, and he edged out the the win to make make it unanimous. I had him winning clearly, Gaethje by unanimous decision. But uh, Fazeev was he was still in the fight. You know, Fazeev was still in the fight, and because of the way he fought that fight and the way the fight played out, I do think that Fazeev definitely. Uh, definitely has a chance of getting a
1: shot if he wins one more fight. I do think that. Okay, um, I was excited. I'm glad that both men are okay, and congrats to Justin Gaethje. Okay, are we ready to get to the, the main event? Oh, day. The main
0: event of, of the day. evening!
1: <laughs> Where's that bell at? Where's that bell, Joey? Oh, damn, I'm just man, saying, the I Bruce, the Bruce I, I Buffer. Will, I will be better on the bell show. It's okay. It's our first episode. We got to get some of those, uh, those little buttons. Right that oh, yeah. I, got <laughs> it. I am your buttons. The I easy button. All right. Hey,
0: it's our first episode. You know what I'm saying? Look, we're not cutting a damn thing this episode to raw,
1: fresh, and organic. Love it. That's it. <laughs> Brought to you in the beautiful... Las Vegas, city of sin. Yeah, solo. Uh, let's get into it. UFC 286 main event: Leon Rocky Edwards versus Usman, the Nigerian Nightmare. Ooh, what do you think of this fight? Yo,
0: man, I have so much emotions, and oh man, this fight was crazy because everybody counted. First of all, I just got before I even start on my rants, I gotta say that I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, and. Leon Edwards was from the same parish as me in Jamaica. We we use parish as like a town or a city. Leon Edwards is a, uh, from the same small parish uh, of Kingston. So you know this was a big win for for Leon, but also for myself and Kingston, Jamaica. You know he we had he had to put. I know he reps uh, Birmingham, but he also had Kingston on his back as well. So for me, I was like, yo, we we let's get this win. You know what I'm saying. And you have to. You have to you have to. you know Oh, what I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over what I liked and what I didn't like about this fight. I loved love, love, love that if you watch that fight, Leon Edwards was attacking the body, attacking his leg, attacking his body, attacking his leg. He didn't throw that head kick not once until the fifth round. So he was banking on using Usman's reflexes of blocking his leg kicks and blocking his body to catch him off guard. And then in the fifth, you see where he throwing that head kick, and it, and it kind of landed a little bit. That would have been insane if, if that hit him again and <laughs> oh clapped him. But, you know, um, I loved how the fight started. You see Usman got in his face right from the jump, and then Leon Edwards hit him with the trigger finger, was like, bow, ba ba bow, bow, bow. He wasn't even scared. So the energy from the fight start was amazing to start off. It was incredible. I do have to say, though, I didn't like how kind of whiny Usman was during the fight. You know, s- you said that while we were watching. Yeah, I do. I get it. You know what I'm saying. I have been kicked in the nuts before, and I've been <laughs> kicked in the cup. When you get kicked in the cup and it doesn't hit your nuts, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know what I mean. Like, uh, you can kind of, you can kind of go again. You can kind of see it didn't really affect Usman when he kicked him. He was kind of like, come on, bro, really? Come on, bro. You know, it's like, bro, just if you got, if you got kicked in the nuts and it hurt, you know what I mean. Take your time. Yeah, there's and, a rule set for a reason. Yeah, right? but if you're not hurt. And he and he was a he was he wasn't intentional he wasn't intentionally trying to kick you like
1: that stuff I don't really like that that whiny LeBron James stuff That you know reminds me of Colby like against Usman yeah he was on the other side he was like oh what are you you know like <sighs> I, I mean I'm not in there but I, I get it like we're here to scrap uh, I mean look at um, but it was like Lionheart one, got kneed in the face could yeah. have won the belt yeah John Jones need him while yes. he was down and he could have walked away with the yep. light. Heavyweight championship, but he decided. He said no. I respect that.
0: I in that I respect. You know, it's like, why are we here? We're, it's a fight game. You know what I'm saying? When you get that whole like, that's how that's how we turn into basketball. When you start doing that flopping bullshit, we're like, oh come on, ref, do you see that? You see what he's doing? He's grabbing, he's grabbing my glove, ref. He's he's doing this, ref. When you start doing that shit, it's like that stuff pisses me off, man. Like, shut up and let the ref do his job, and take your time, get back in there and fight. Like, stop. You know what I'm saying? That, that's how this turns into basketball. You know what I mean? You start flopping for stuff. You, start, you see it when, when fighters put the, the hands down. Anytime they, they have one knee, they'll, they'll put the hand down and kind of reach. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing I think they need to change. I think it needs to be a knee. The, the finger down rule needs to needs to be gone. If they put their finger down, you can knee them in the head. Because guys play that too much. Yeah. They play that too much, man.
1: Knee, knee them in the face. So I, w- I want to dive into a little bit about the magnitude of of. Trilogy fights, and in the UFC especially, uh, we go back to George St. Pierre and Matt Hughes, John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Mm. This, what seemed in the beginning, due to the first fight kind of being uh, extremely one-sided, turned into a headshot KO. Yeah, and now a, the biggest pay-per-view card that yeah. UFC London has ever put on in a yeah. trilogy. I I gotta I want to ask you about mindset as a fighter. I honestly, and I think we spoke about it mm-hmm. while we were watching the fight live, Usman seemed a little more reserved. He, he was. He was calm
0: and collected. Even when, uh, oh, Usman, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Usman seemed reserved.
1: Yes. I don't know. Not scared. Yes. Because he's in there, but, like, I just got knocked out. It's only been eight months, nine months. Yes. How does I- that affect the fighter? It definitely lives in their head, you know, and there's
0: Usman is mentally tough. He's probably one of the ment- m- the most mentally toughest fighters out there right now. Um, uh, So I don't know how much that affected him or how much it didn't affect him. I just know that he's a he's a very tough fighter physically and mentally. You have seen from his resume. You know, he's got a very impressive resume. Like the only other person he's lost to was Leon Edwards, you know, and he hasn't lost since then. He's got, what, on like a 14 or 15 fight win streak is crazy. Usman's resume is insane, you know. So who knows how that uh, that that affected him or how it didn't affect him. But I do know that Edwards was extremely composed, extremely fast, and he looked sharp the whole fight. You've seen where Usman pressed him up against the cage. And he was, it wasn't like he was panicked. You know what I'm saying? Even when he got the takedown, he wasn't panicked. He was calm, composed. When he got pressed up against the cage, he was just like, let's go. And he was ready. He was ready every time. So I thought that fight was incredible, man. I thought Leon Edwards did what he needed to do. I had him winning unanimous as well.
1: It was a great fight, great scrap. Um, obviously, the biggest fight for Leon Edwards mm-hmm. and the confidence that he took into this fight coming off of a, a head kick KO against yeah. his opponent. Uh, he walked with a little more swagger. Yes, he, he did. He talked a little <laughs> more shit. Yeah. And he went in there and he got the job done. With I'm the gonna,
0: trigger fingers.
1: Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba! dead. <laughs> <Head shot> dead. <laughs> yeah, man. So I don't
0: know what's next. I would love to see either, you know, him in... Um, I would love to see him in Bilal. But I think Bilal. If, yeah. But if he gets Kobe, then he gets Kobe. And then we're going to be happy either way, you know. Shit. It's going to be a fight either way. It's a UFC. We're going to put on and we're going to have a great show. I'm excited. All right, guys. Well, it's time to wrap it up. What a a great episode this was. Our very first Monday morning breakdowns by Fight Junkies brought to you by MMA Fight Universe. My name is O'Day, the Jamaican sensation, UFC flyweight, and I'm Bob. Just Bob. (laughs) Out. That was a great first episode.